Hello, y'all. Happy Friday. Uh, welcome to the show today. I am so excited to have you with me. Uh, I know it's Friday. It's a couple of days late. I actually almost canceled this show a couple of times this week. It was a rough <laughs> mental week. And uh, part of that is what I'm going to share with you today. Yeah, I just had quite a few times where I just wanted to crawl into my bed and go to sleep because of just various things. Um, you know, we're nearing the end of our renovations, as I've talked about a few times, which we're extremely grateful and so blessed to be able to do. But I just have to realize that there's going to be emotional stresses that come with it. I'm just so done with having people in my house uh, for it's been, I guess I maybe just said it five months straight. And I have caught myself doing many of the things that I like to do when I am not in control. And I can't control the situation and I feel out of control. I was telling my husband yesterday, uh, like times like this were kind of few and far between at the beginning of the process. I was just so excited it was happening after dreaming about it for a long time. And and they just keep coming closer and closer together where, you know, I just feel more and more stressed. And then it's like, okay, I'm not in control. I have to let it go. And then it comes again really faster. I said, I said, it's like, it's a lot like labor where you get toward the end and you think like, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. And then that baby is almost there, almost out. Anyway. Um, so, you know, when I have been listening a lot to the Catholic coaching podcast with Matt and Aaron Ingold and in the Academy in the Metanoia Catholic Academy and in their podcast, they talk a lot about circumstances and a circumstance in their model, as they teach it, uh, the model itself came from Brooke Castillo's life coaching school, and they just adapted it to make it Catholic. They talk about a circumstance. So a circumstance is it's a fact or something that you just don't have any control over. And for me, it's a big trigger feeling. I don't, I don't like to use the word trigger, but I was thinking about it, and I can't really figure out another way to describe it, but it basically is just when I feel out of control, that circumstance um, and that feeling causes me to feel really uncomfortable, and I feel much more comfortable if I'm in control. So I was, as I was preparing for today's episode, I was just thinking a little bit about what the word control actually means. It's really helpful for me to... Um, do these little word dives, word studies, things like that to help me understand sometimes maybe how the word is being appropriately used in my brain or otherwise, or how maybe it's not. So when I was doing this, uh, the phrase in control means having the power to direct or control something. So you are in power, you're in control. Out of control is the situation of being under the regulation, the domination or command of another. Right? <laughs> so... How many times are we out of control in our lives? Lots and lots of times. God allows us these situations where we cannot control something. At least this is my story. This is my history. He allows us, he allows us these situations where we cannot control what we're doing in order to call us out to deeper healing. So one of these instances that happened relatively recently, it was a few years ago, the house that we're in currently that we're renovating, we were, we've been here for about three years and about, I guess it was maybe four years ago, we decided to, or we prayed about and discerned moving from our current house uh, or from our previous house to this house right here. And we really prayed about it. We really discerned it. We felt a lot of peace about moving. We decided that the houses in our, our neighborhood were selling really fast um, and there was really just no problems with that. And so we were like, okay, I feel like this is what God wants us to do. 
So we went ahead and we listed our house. We moved without having sold our previous house. <laughs> and gratefully, it did not break us financially, but it actually took us two years to sell our previous house after being in this house. So we only sold our other house just over a year ago. And that situation was extremely difficult for me. That is something that God really used to finally break open some things that had not been previously broken into. Because up until that point, I really had this illusion that I had created for myself of being in control of my life, of you know being in control as a mom, as a wife. Um, and really, <laughs> there just weren't a lot of circumstances where I, I didn't feel in control. And this was one of them. And I'm really, really grateful for it because having so the house is on the market for about a year and we had a baby we listed it and we took it off for a few months just so we could adjust to having a new baby um and then relisted it again and i just found lots of people to blame as to why we couldn't sell this house uh, i blamed ourselves for making a dumb decision because of certain things that wound up kind of transpiring i blamed our realtor i blamed and I blamed God because I felt like we discerned really well. We had a lot of peace about it and he let us move. That was just this feeling that I had. And I was just so mad about it. I was like, why did you let us move? If this is what's going to happen and we can't sell this house and we're never going to sell this house. And I just started spiraling. And that really pressed a nerve on something. Um, just a little piece of my story that shed some light as to why I have a lot of issues with wanting to control the things around me. When I was almost 10 years old, my dad had an incident. He was injured. And one day he walked out of our house as a strong, by, by what do you call healthy 6'3 uh, man. And he wound up in the hospital that night and paralyzed from the chest down and didn't come home for a few months. And when he did, well, really at that moment, everything changed, everything shifted. And I think my little almost 10 year old brain just could not wrap my mind around it. I was still so young. I didn't have a lot of window of, of processing what had happened. I mean, obviously when something sudden like that happens, it's really difficult. And then obviously everyone goes into survival mode sort of in their own way and they all handle it in a different way. And so at that moment, um, everything changed for me. There was just a complete upheaval of our family life at school, all of a sudden where I felt relatively comfortable making friends. I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a pleasant experience because in some ways I did feel like an outcast even before it happened. But once it did happen, a lot of the teachers started um, looking out for me and taking care of our family as best they could because they knew the situation we were in. And a lot of my classmates actually bullied me about it. And I wound up crying under the playground a lot of days, just feeling so alone, like nobody could understand what we had gone through. And even the kids really looking back were probably jealous that I was getting extra attention that I desperately needed. So it was just a really, really difficult time. And so during that time, I made an agreement with myself because as, as a child at that point, I really perceived that God had abandoned me in that moment. I perceived that he had abandoned our family. Uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I realized it then. 
And I would still say, even a few years later, I mean, I've had a relationship with God since seventh, eighth grade, not too long after that, that I would say was kind of my own personal relationship. But looking back, that's really what I had believed, that he had abandoned us and he had allowed this horrible thing to happen to our wonderful family and everything just got flipped upside down. And I really just didn't see him, see him in it. And 25 years later, I found myself in counseling with a, I guess you could call it kind of a charismatic Catholic counselor who just really was concerned with my own healing and God's participation in this. I had been through some counseling that didn't involve God. Um, that was just very practical mental health type of counseling with some EMDR therapy, other types of things. But in this moment, I think what God knew that I needed was to deal with his presence in this. And he wanted to reveal to me where he was. And this, this counselor at the time, he asked me, he said, you need to ask God to show you where he was in that moment, not where you perceived him to be. So, you know, without going into a lot of detail, that was something that I took to prayer and really came out after a while of sitting with it. Now, by this point, I had already been sitting with a lot of the anger and a lot of the resentment and a lot of the feelings that I had been like pushing down. I had never really dealt with the sadness and grieved what had happened or dealt with the anger that came from that. And a lot of times what's under anger, and we've talked about that before, or I've talked about this previously about yelling, dealing with that anger at my kids and my family. And what was really under that was just this deep grief and this deep sadness of what was lost, what had been lost to me, particularly in that incident. And a quote from Father Jacques Philippe that gave me just a lot of peace during this time was, the Lord does not know how to abandon us. This is from Searching for and Maintaining Peace. Just like from Isaiah 49, verse 15, can a mother forget her infant or be without tenderness for the child in her womb? Yet even should she forget, I will never forget you. And scripture is truth. Scripture is the word of God. And so I just clung to this hope, this truth that even though I felt like God had abandoned me, that he had not, that he could not physically, he could not have done that because he's that's just not in his nature as God. And he did. He showed me this in prayer. He, there was just this great consolation experience that I had where I just, I just knew he was, he showed me visually where he was. And he, that moment just changed me forever because I knew then what I never knew for all that time that God had really just been with me, walking with me, grieving with me over what had happened because he gives us all free will. He gives us all these things happen because sin entered the world, you know, bad things do happen and we have to find some way to just continue to offer that back to him. Another book that I've talked about here before is be healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. This book was really just a fantastic reference guide. If you find yourself just more curious about some of the things I talk about with healing and otherwise, I just highly recommend that you get it and read it. It's got some questions at the end of each chapter. Very encouraging as far as being able to really dig in and understand your own story. But he says, he says this in one of the chapters. So he talks about King David and how in Psalm 18, King David says, Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, 
my God, my rock of refuge, my shield, my saving horn, my stronghold. King David was so certain. He knew in in the depths of his being with every fiber that he had, that God was his rock. Now he had other issues we know from the story, but that he knew, he knew that God was there for him. So what, what, what Dr. Bob Schutz says as well here just really touched me. He said, the father is also our protector, our rock and the firm foundation of our lives. But as children and teenagers, many of us did not know how to turn to him in the midst of our traumas, especially in those we, if those that we trusted to protect us were the ones causing us harm. Starting at a young age, we instinctively pulled our hearts away from God, especially when threatened by traumas. We turned our gaze inward toward ourselves rather than looking outward toward the Father. I felt like Dr. Bob just looked right into my heart and spoke right to me when I read that. Because the reality is as children, our image of God is so tied up in the image of our own earthly father and mother. And for no fault of his own, you know, my father changed overnight. Like my perception of the father, you know, this, this father who delighted in me, who, who loved me, who had so much joy in our family, um, had his own cross to bear, had his own things to go through. And my image of him, or it just, it shifted, it changed. You know, he, he disappeared and came back, you know, in a sense, a few months later. So if you're following me here, I guess what I'm saying is my image of God also shifted and changed in this moment because my image of my own earthly father was shifting and changing because of things that were out of his control. So, you know, and and the word trauma, I just want to say here too, trauma can look, we all have multiple traumas in our lives, no matter whether we've been through something as extreme as this, something more extreme than this, or something like maybe just a sibling relationship or a friend at school that said something mean to us. It's, it's really about the way that we perceive those things. I mean, the word trauma just means it's the definition would be a deeply distressing or disturbing experience or a wound. And so if it disturbs you, if it distresses you mentally in any sort of way, it's considered a trauma. It's considered a wound. And so I guess I just say this because I want you to all realize like we all have these things. And for me, there's more than one, you know, because I've got multiple experiences of wounds or just experiences that, that, you know, I didn't understand or shaped me or other things where going back to what King David said about God being his stronghold. So if God is not your stronghold, if as a child you make these agreements or you you turn inward, right? He said that you turn inward rather than looking outward. I decided at that moment that I needed to rely on myself because nobody else was reliable, including God, because anything could happen at any second and the floor could drop out from under me. So that's what I decided as a 10 year old. I mean, now looking, I have an almost 10 year old and I can't even, it's just a new level of, of healing for me and understanding of how much of a child I was because I felt looking back, I felt like I wasn't a child, but I really was, <laughs> I really was. So if God is not our stronghold, then that is an opening. It's a door for Satan to sneak in. Uh, the best way I've heard it described is like, you know, you're, if somebody knocks on your door, it's a burglar or something, and, or somebody's knocking on your door and you're on your door and you're in the door, just peek out and you're like, can I help you? And they try to force themselves in. Like they might not be able to push the door all the way down, but they might be able to get a foot in and just stop you from closing the door all the way. 
And so that's kind of what a stronghold is, is it is the evil one really likes to sneak in into these little places in our lives where we've made these agreements and they begin as these beliefs. So for me, it was like, I'm, I'm all alone or I need to do this without God. So seeds are planted and wounds begin as those little beliefs and they're left to fester. And before we know it, we become a slave. We're brought to spiritual slavery in this um, agreement because then we believe that we are responsible. So we rely on ourselves all the time instead of relying on God. And for me this year, doing doing the metanoia catholic journaling that has really come out a lot is seeing all these different ways that this deep wound has affected other areas of my life to make me believe that I'm on my own because the reality is it touches everything and God's not going to reveal it all at one time or we wouldn't be able to handle it and so anyway so these were the kind of things that I dealt with so from that you know young age things like fear I was terrified of um, lots of things. I was afraid of a lot of things and that led to a lot of anxiety and wanting to be a lot in control. And in particular, the powerlessness I felt because the reality was I knew that I couldn't control it. And that powerlessness has just really affected me and branched out into other areas of my life. And that's really just been a lot of the journey that God has had me on in the last three to five years. Uh, this moment was was a big one when I was in counseling for this and really learning to let go of that control of that moment, letting go of my expectations, of my, of my perceptions of where God was. And I tell this story for a purpose because each of us have a story. Each of us have those wounds in our lives, those agreements that we've made, whether um, whether we feel the need to be perfect all the time, whether we feel like we don't want to let anybody around us down. It comes out in all these different ways that we feel. And when I feel when we feel powerless or when we feel out of control, then we try to find control in other ways. And so I really encourage you to, as you journey down this path of awareness and realizing where maybe God is calling you to a deeper level of healing is to try and observe with curiosity and not judgment. Try your best to just not judge yourself because that what I have found in my own story is that the more I judge myself, the more I get, really unforgiveness really gets wrapped up in all of that. And I I don't forgive myself for those mistakes that I make. And then it just spirals more and more. Whereas the reality is we're trying to see this pattern so that we can allow God to come into this pattern. So some things now that I notice really press on this powerlessness that I have deeply rooted that um, God is gently helping me get these little roots out, but this powerless, these things that I wish I could control, Uh, my husband, my kids. I mean, how many of us, especially this last week, how many times I've gotten angry because my kids are not obedient or I cannot control what they do. Basically anyone else in the whole world, except for myself, except for you, like you cannot control anyone else. Traffic might be something that really triggers you, how fast things get done or how slow they get done, whether that's renovations, whether that's in your job, whether that's at the house, if somebody's not doing it correctly, or uh, maybe that's somebody doesn't load the dishwasher correctly, so you can't let somebody else load the dishwasher, or somebody doesn't clean your house correctly, so you're the one that has to clean your house. It's just those little things where we really try to control where we are, where we can. 
um, uh, maybe things that have happened in the past, you're still, we're, we're still ruminating on them. We're still spiraling in them. Um, maybe your health, like your health, you can't control to some degree you can, but there's certain things that you can't control, particularly in this world we're in now uh, with COVID-19 around everywhere. Like we cannot control that. We can do the best we can in certain situations, but the reality is we are not in control of our own lives. Like there is, God is in control and he wants us to, yes. To like, I mean, I heard um, Leah Dare was talking about this recently about the song, Jesus take the wheel. And she said, she's like, I don't really think he wants uh, us to just let go of the wheel. I think he wants us to have hands on 10 and two and do our part. And I, I would 100% agree with that. Like, it's not that we want Jesus to just be like, okay, you're in control. I'm not going to do anything. We still have to participate. We still have to discern. We still have to do those things. But the reality is that ultimately God is in control and he's good. And we have to go back to that. If we don't believe that he's good, if we believe that he has abandoned us, if he, I remember um, the song, good, good father by Chris Tomlin. We were at a worship night in the middle of when I was dealing with all these things. And this was not like a one, one week, one month ordeal. It was very much like God really tilling the soil in the months leading up to this um, point of our house not being sold and me just losing it and about that. But I heard, I heard this song, um, Good, Good Father, and the worship leaders were singing it. And I was angry. <laughs> I was so mad when I was listening to it. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Why can I not sing the song like why can I not like of course I know he's a good father but at that point in time like I needed to deal with those feelings that I was having of of being angry with God because of where I was at with feeling like he let these things happen and you know sometimes I feel like we can either that we can put God at this distance where we can't have this real conversation with him and that's what he really wants is our real conversation of saying like God I'm feeling this way and I don't necessarily want to feel this way. I want to know you and to love you. But right now I'm really angry at you because X, Y, Z. Like if we don't, if we're not honest with that and communicating with him, then he doesn't have, you know, we don't give him permission to speak that truth. Then he's not going to force us to hear that because he's a, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon us. And so anyway, at this night, I just remember being so averse to this song, Good, Good Father. And I really had to bring that to the Lord, you know, through my prayer and, you know, it did get to a point where I could hear that song and believe it, but he needed to bring my heart to that place where I could really let go of those resentments that I had or blame or whatever else. So you're aware, what do you do? You know, we've talked a little bit about control and the things that we wish that we had control over. And maybe, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, no, I'm really good. Like trying to, to maintain the control and, fighting against that letting go. And of course, not in every area. Or maybe you're saying, okay, I see that I have this control issue. I see that, you know, maybe I have a hard time letting my kids do things instead of me. So I want to learn how to do that. That's part of my story this year is letting them, you know, do dishes or make their lunches or clean up, even though if it's not the way I would have done them. Uh, or maybe I teach them how I would do them and, you know, then let them go. Or maybe it's a little messier than I would like, whatever that looks like. So what do we do? I think there's three things that that is really necessary as part of the journey. The first we've already talked a little bit about, and that is become aware, learn, grow, be open-minded, uh, 
the women's school, I've talked a little bit about before. I'm a strategist for the women's school. I have also taken a class a couple of times. And I will say that the awareness that has come from that has really been huge in me being able to see where my past has crept up into my worth, the way that I felt um, what my self-worth was in the world, my place in the world, how to dream, what that meant to dream and desire. January Donovan often says, she's the founder of Women's School, and she says, the past is our compass. And after spending so much time in counseling and in therapy, like really digging into the past, I had gotten to this point where I really wanted to consider it and see like where it had, you know, where it had um, affected where I was now, but I wanted to use it more as a compass. Like where can I go in the future from this? So where, like when you're not in control, what do you feel? For me, I feel powerless. When I'm not in control, I seek out things that make me feel comfortable. These are some of the things that I've discovered just while listening to the buffering call with Metanoia Catholic and journaling with their journal. So I try to combat the stress that I'm feeling being out of control with buffering. Um, and I'm just going to list some of the ones I've done like this week because I've been buffering feeling out of control because of the renovations. And like, I have no control over when each of the contractors or subcontractors comes and does their job. And yeah, I can request things and have discussions, but the reality is I don't really have any control over when it's finished. So some of the things I do, I eat particularly certain foods. You may find the same thing. You may find that you turn to sweets when you're wanting to be comforted. That That's one for me. Um, sleeping. I was talking to my sister-in-law about stress sleeping. I was like, I just had to take a stress nap. She's like, wait, you do that too? I'm like, yes. Sometimes I do um, because I just don't want to think about anything. And I just have to, I just am like, nope, I'm just going to go to sleep, even if maybe I don't need it. But anyway, shopping, maybe you online shop, maybe you go to stores and shop but you're avoiding, maybe you're avoiding feeling this lack of control in your life. Maybe it's cleaning your house, uh, clothes, any of it. Maybe it's uh, spreadsheets. Maybe you make spreadsheets. Maybe you plan. Maybe you go to your planner and you're like, this is all the ways that I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then you never actually do them. Maybe you just watch TV or movies. There's lots and lots and lots of ways to buffer. And buffer, I think we've I've talked about it before. It's just something that we do to avoid feeling what we don't want to feel. So for me, that's powerless. I don't like to feel powerless. So I will do all of these other things to avoid feeling powerless. So that's just one thing. Uh, and just continue to learn, grow, seek out podcasts, books, whatever, that may talk about these things that can really help you to understand what's going on. One of my favorite podcasts and dealing with a lot of these things was um, is Adam Young's podcast, uh, The Place We Find Ourselves, I think. Sister Miriam James mentioned him uh, on one of the Abiding Together podcasts, another one, a really great one for seeking healing in Christ um, is definitely the Abiding Together podcast. So that brings me to the second one, which is pray and seek out healing from Christ. First of all, if you don't feel like it, but you know, maybe it needs to happen, just pray for the grace to desire healing and beg God to help you let it go. Get to confession as often as necessary. If you find yourself yelling, maybe every few days, maybe a week, every week, maybe every couple of weeks, I don't know, get to confession. Um, the sacrament of healing cannot be underestimated. Even if you find yourself falling right away, it's just, it's just an incredible grace. So definitely do that. Another thing I highly recommend if you're very interested in learning more about how your mind, how your feelings 
and how your circumstances are all connected. I've talked about it a lot before, but I'll say it again is the Metanoia Catholic journal. Uh, it is just, even if you're not a journaler, like it's very guided and it, you can even do bullet points if you're not one of those that likes to really write all your thoughts. But if you are one that likes to write all your thoughts, you can always keep an extra notebook if you need more pages. I cannot recommend it enough. They are incredibly gifted. I mean, anointed. I don't even know what to say it as far as just the, the teaching of helping us to understand our minds, our emotions, how these things work together and how they are coming between us and living the lives um, that God is calling us to in our unique stories and our unique call to sanctity. Also reading books like Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz, Loved as I Am by Sister Miriam James, Searching for and Maintaining Peace by Father Jacques Philippe. There are so, so, so many books on this and um, whatever your learning style is, if you like to read, do that. If you don't, do audibles or find podcasts. Uh, and I already talked about the Abiding Together podcast. And then the third thing I would just really encourage you to do is if you have this awareness and you've had these prayers and you're still really struggling or um, maybe you have anxiety or depression or some other kind of struggle with your mental health, seek out professional help. There are multiple websites that have, I'll try and find some and put them in the show notes that have um, directories to help you find counselors in your area. Um, if they're Christian, great. If they're Catholic, even better. Um, and if they're not, I, I've had great success with various kinds of counseling, just depending on where I am. I, I would say that EMDR therapy has been extremely helpful for me as well for those um, moments that so if you have somebody that could walk you through it with that, that would also be um, a, one of my recommendations as well. Um, if you can't find any of those, at the very least, start with your your priests, your local priests. I'm sure they'd be willing to meet with you and discuss and maybe give you some your local parish might be able to give you some names of people in the area that uh, provide these services. So I think just to wrap it up. All of these things can hinder what God is calling you to do in your life. They can, if we're not willing to look at them, if we're not willing to engage with these lies and these behaviors that are keeping us trapped in fear and anxiety and controlling, you know, we're not, we don't have to let it all go at one time. God wouldn't ask us of that. I don't think being, you know, Yes, he'll he'll push us, I think, in a lot of ways because sometimes we need it. But I think he knows he knows what each one of you need that are listening to this. And he knows where he wants to take you on the next step. So I encourage you, just look at the next step. What is the next right step for you? Is that journaling a little more? Is that just being a little bit more aware of your behaviors and what your feelings or thoughts are when you do those things that you don't want to do? You know, for me, that scripture about I do the thing that I hate, you know, um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, something to that effect. Those were those were the signs. Those that's why I consider that these moments of difficulty were really some of the greatest gifts, because it is through those things that I have found my own unique call, my own passions, my own, you know, 
light that I want to bring to the world is helping others with their mind management, helping others realize that you don't have to stay in that place where you are just controlling everything all the time or feeling like you have to control everything all the time or dealing with that anxiety, that fear and worry that just keeps you immobile, you know? So, and you have a story that the world needs to hear, whether it's just your spouse or the people around you or the people that you meet, your kids, whoever that is that, um, I just encourage you to seek after that, seek fiercely those things that God wants you to discover. So it has been wonderful being with you guys again today. I actually have a list of some of my favorite songs that I've mentioned here, and I am just a huge proponent of worship and, um, music because sometimes when you find a song that just really speaks to exactly where you are, there's nothing more powerful than that, especially if you don't quite feel it yet and you need that grace. So I'm going to put um, the Spotify playlist that I made in the show notes, as well as some of my favorite songs. And as St. Catherine of Siena says, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. I just love that quote because I think all of us need to rise up. All of us need to be who God meant uh, for us to be. And these little th- these things, these control, this anxieties, they're just going to get in the way. Um, a little bit of business. If you'd like to follow me, I'll put the link below. You can sign up for my email list there. You can find me at JanaeFranco.com. I am now on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, And I have the Buzzsprout link as well if you just want to go directly to where my podcast is hosted. But you can find me on all of those right now. So please join my email list. You'll be the first to hear of anything that's going on. And thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless and be a light.